welcome to How to Cope with the Dope. My name is Jackie Freitas, and I am your host, as well as a certified life and health coach. And you have found your way to a podcast that might be worth your while if you have a loved one who is struggling with addiction. Each week, I share either an interview of hope or information that may help broaden your understanding in ability to manage your life in a healthier way. Ultimately, this podcast is designed to sow seeds of hope and inspiration in a world of worry. Today, we are going to be talking about boundaries. Boundaries are super important when you are living with an addict, and today we're going to understand exactly what boundaries are and why they're important in your life. We also will touch on creating healthy boundaries as well, and I will attach in the notes some questions that you can review um, to help you uh, in building some boundaries. Boundaries are something we hear a lot about these days, and this term can mean many things, like what you are willing or not willing to do, or what's okay and what's not okay. That's actually Brene Brown's definition. And a woman by the name of Sari Gilman says that boundaries are the way we navigate every relationship at home and at work. She says that our internal compass is our yes and our no. What we say yes to and what we say no to. I believe good boundaries stem from our morals and values and how we want to be treated based on them. A boundary will be a form of self-respect and a way to let others know who you are and what you tolerate and don't tolerate. We learn a lot of our boundary-making skills when we are young. And if we grew up in a home where we were encouraged to speak our minds tell the truth, and think for ourselves, we often have the foundation for really good boundary-making skills. Now, conversely, if we grew up in a home maybe where there was a lot of dysfunction and perhaps even some addiction, and we were criticized or our thoughts and feelings were squelched, then we may not have been set up to have great boundary-making skills. And you know this type of home. It was it was like, it's their way or the highway. No questions asked. And if you felt differently than the authorities in the house, you may have been mocked, punished, or ridiculed for thinking that way. So of course, it's not going to be a great place for you to launch into having healthy boundaries. Boundaries are not barriers to form rigid walls, but more of a fence. And that fence can change and shift as you evolve as a person or as your morals and values shift and change. So you might be saying, how does this relate to the addict? And why is it important? It is so important to have boundaries when dealing with the addict in your life so that you are protected from enabling them. When boundaries are missing, it is more possible to do the things for them that they could and should be doing for themselves. 
when this began begins to happen, the addict will sense that boundaries are absent or weak and will count on that moving forward and become increasingly entitled. You may find that you are doing things because you feel trapped. Like if you don't do it, the addict may be bound to do something really extreme. Eventually, the addict may even become ambivalent, realizing there is a problem, but because they are comfortable and they have someone enabling them, they will continue to use. When the addict has to deal with the natural consequences of their actions, they are forced to face reality. Often when a loved one is battling with addiction, we may have gradually slipped into the place of being so focused on them that we have forgotten about ourselves. We are being the caregiver and working so hard to save the addict from their behaviors and from the drugs. We may feel the inability to make boundaries out of fear, Um, perhaps fearing that they're going to end up in jail or that they're going to pull away from us and no longer be a part of our life, or maybe the ultimate fear, which is death. We may be driven by guilt, feeling like, you know, what did I do so wrong to cause this situation? So there's so many different emotions swirling around. Over time, you may have become so hypervigilant on helping the addict that you have lost your own sense of self. Perhaps you are no longer doing all the things you once enjoyed, or you're not taking care of yourself physically. Over time, we may become resentful of the addict, feeling like we are doing so much for them, but getting nothing in return. Fear that we will be abandoned and not having any control over the situation leads to those poor boundaries. One thing is for sure, and that is that we will have to be able to tolerate stormy emotions when setting boundaries. When we get to the point where we really want to set those boundaries, we are going to have to face that, that things are going to be difficult, and there is going to be stormy emotions from the addict. But rest assured, once we have set and followed through with our boundaries, we will feel better, better about ourselves, more empowered, and just that we are doing the right thing, that we're being true to ourselves. So again, when we are living with addiction, our boundaries are often set using our fears and the emotions of the addict instead of our values. And these weak boundaries leave us feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, and stressed out. So what do you stand for? You know, there's a saying, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. In order to create healthy boundaries, it is important to ask yourself how you want your life to look. What do you like and what don't you like? What do you stand for? What is acceptable behavior from others? 
we can become clearer about this relative to the addict when we ask the question, would I allow this behavior from a friend? Now, maybe if you have a lot of relationships where you have um, no boundaries or weak boundaries, maybe you, you even do this with your friends, but hopefully not. Hopefully you have good boundaries with your friends. But oftentimes, if, if we grew up in that family dynamic, our boundary skills are just pretty weak in all areas. But we're focusing on the attic today, so I'll just stick with that. So what can you do? First of all, when you're going through this and when you are trying to make boundaries, increase your self-care. Because as I said, there is a lot of stress and we are just a stressed out society and living with people who struggle with addiction is just a whole lot of added stress. So really increase self-care, whatever that looks like, doing things for you, taking time for you during the day, doing things that bring you joy, whatever that may be. Another thing you can do is to reach out and build resources. So that could look like, uh, you know, reading a book on the topic or uh, taking a class or getting some therapy or getting involved in a group. Another thing you can do is refocus your responsibilities. You know, just focus on choosing responsibilities that are just at the top of the list that you need to do for you. Not the responsibilities of the addict, but of your responsibilities. And really trying to build more time for you so that you have time to reset. So not jam-packing your day with 8,000 different things. Trying to just give yourself breathing room and time to reset. Now, some of the things to help you actually think about boundaries and create boundaries, one thing you can do is to make a list of things that you may have done for the addict that they could have done for themselves. And after looking the list over, review some boundaries you can make based off of that list. Perhaps some of the things could be no longer giving them money or other financial resources, um, not letting them live with you, no longer allowing them at family functions until they are in a recovery program, or no longer taking phone calls uh, after a certain hour. A lot of these may seem really scary to you, but as you kind of marinate on them and you think about how you might create space in your life with these boundaries, I think that that will give you courage to do them. For me, one of them that I did was to stop taking phone calls. That was a real hot button for me um, at a certain time in my life. And I would get phone calls late into the night sometimes, and they would just be so alarming. And it got to the point where my heart would just go crazy when I would get those phone calls. So I decided to just shut my phone off and, you know, or turn the ringer down and I would not take any phone calls after 10 o'clock. And that was 
such a wonderful thing to do. And believe it or not, it was it was great because everybody kind of got the memo. They stopped calling because they realized, oh, she's not even going to pick it up or she's turned, the phone is off. So it was quite delightful and very liberating for me. So there are some other questions that you can ask yourself. One is, who do I struggle to set boundaries with? I know this seems like an obvious one, but you can work this boundary, these boundary questions for anyone in your life, of course. And what am I afraid will happen if I set them with this person? So that fear, again, can be the thing that is really controlling us and keeping us stuck and keeping us just in this pattern of not setting any boundaries and not taking a stand. So really writing down those fears and getting real with yourself. What is your biggest fear? In what ways is not setting boundaries affecting me? Am I feeling stressed out? Am I feeling disrespected? Um, Am I feeling like I have lost touch with who I am? Am I feeling like I have compromised my boundaries or that I've kind of lost my morals and values along the way somewhere or that I'm doing things that I never, ever thought that I would do? Maybe I'm feeling depressed, sad, anxious. You know, it can be just so many different feelings that you may be having. Another question is, how would I feel if I set healthy boundaries? So if I set healthy boundaries, maybe I would begin to feel empowered. Maybe I would begin to feel that I am regaining some of me, like the part of me of what I do stand for, that I'm getting myself back, that I am doing something proactive. And how do I think the other person would react to these boundaries? So you are probably going to have to deal with some stormy emotions like we talked about earlier. Your loved one is most likely not going to enjoy boundaries at first. Um, They will get used to them and they will get on board with them because they're not going to have a choice if you hold firm with them. But you might get, you know, some crying, some screaming, some who knows how they're going to react. I mean, you probably best know if you play this scenario out in your head. But you can create boundaries around that also. If they start yelling, you can say, you know, we're not going to have this discussion. We're not going to complete this discussion now. And I'm going to leave. I have found that one of the greatest things that I have done is that I always give myself an out with my qualifiers. I always have my own vehicle, or if I'm on the phone, I will always say, okay, we're going to continue this conversation another time. I'm going to hang up now. These are all just little options that you have, but rest assured, they're probably not going to be happy when you start uh, building boundaries. Finally, you can make an affirmation that gives you courage. For example, I will walk in courage and faith and be true to myself. All right. Well, this concludes 
this little bit of information on boundaries. I hope it gave you some food for thought and some questions that you can ponder. I wish you an amazing day and send you much love and peace. Take care. Bye-bye.